everyone. Welcome back to the Seacoast Community Church Podcast. This is the last episode for the month of September, and we are working through how Christianity transformed the world by Sharon James. And to conclude this month's series, we are talking about education. Now, Christians were not the first to establish the importance of education or to establish schools. I mean, even in even the Greeks and the Romans, they, they prized philosophy, and they then uh, they had their their own sort of schools and for philosophy. But we can also see in the Old Testament as well, and how uh, how priests were ordained by God and commanded by God to essentially be the teachers of the people of God. They were to instruct the people in in the word of the Lord. So that's a form of education. And there were other nations, pagan nations as well, who had their own teachers, their own priests to educate their people. So what I want to focus on is how instrumental Christianity was or has been in establishing education with in, in, in missions, in foreign missions. Before we get to that, did you know that, uh, that uh, at a t- the time when uh, kids were working, and I, I'm not, I can't remember if this was, I'm trying to find the page where she references this, but if it was sort of the industrial period, uh, the Industrial Revolution, by kids were working six hour. I think that's I think that's actually right. Uh, they were working six. They were working and working six days a week, and so they had one day a week where they did not work, and and it was started at one Christian person's home, and it was just focused on educating children, uh, since it was the only day of the week that they had time to receive any kind of formalized education. So this is where we get the idea of Sunday school. Now, moving on from there, missions, right? So uh, because Christians love the Bible and uh, they live the Bible and they read the Bible, well, uh, as Christians, we, as we, we come to, right, when we share the gospel with people, and especially if you are a missionary, you know, crossing seas and, and crossing cultures to share the gospel with people who never heard it before there are many there are many, there are many people groups in the world that have no form of literacy and so uh, of course there is a desire for people to know the gospel but then what do you do after that well you need they need to be taught and so this is how then Christi, christians would go on to form institutions, educational institutions, in order to teach literacy to those who do not know how to read and write, so that they can read the Bible for themselves. And uh, two examples of missionaries who were dedicated to educational provision was Anne Judson, the wife of Adoniram Judson, which who was they were both incredible, incredible missionaries. But they were missionaries to, to Burma, and 
Anne Judson was one of the first overseas missionaries from America. And following her conversion at around the age of 16 in 1805, she soon started teaching in school, and she had a deep desire to impart the knowledge of God and his world to others. And at age 21, she and her husband Adoniram left family, friends, and all they knew in New England and started a Christian mission in Burma, and she started a school for girls. And she was only one of many Christians to promote female education in cultures where it was strictly forbidden. Another example was William Carey, and he has been known as the father of missions. And William Carey uh, was a missionary in in India, and he was, uh, he educated himself, but he became a very, very intelligent man, and he translated the scriptures into many Indian languages. He trained Indian ministers. He promoted social reforms. He be, he began dozens of schools for Indian children of all castes. He pioneered lending libraries, published the first books on science and natural history in India, pioneered the printing industry in India, and became professor of Bengali, uh, Sanskrit, and Marathi at Fort William College in Calcutta. He translated and printed great Indian religious classics, transformed Bengali into the foremost literary language of India and established the first newspaper printed in any Asian language. Uh, and throughout church history, uh, the church, many Christians took Jesus's commandment uh, or the, com- the, the commission, which was to go out into all the world, baptizing the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and teaching people to observe all the commandments of the Lord. They took that very seriously. They took that to heart. And so that was their aim, to teach people the commandments of God. And this led to uh, to establishing schools as well. This led, to, then obviously this led to teaching people to read and write so that they can learn and be taught the commandments of the Lord. So... As I think about this book, which I have enjoyed, honestly, I thought it was a very good read, and it's it's a reasonable read, it's an easy read, and, but I say, I think about this book, right, this book is not a book, it's not an apology, a work of apologetics, meaning it is not written as a defense of the faith. You're not going to find your biblical arguments for the validity of the Christian faith or the existence of God and Christ. But really what this book is about is showing the beauty of the Christian faith, showing the glory of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And what a, a world would be a lot worse and the Christian that without Christianity. And this book really just shows the in time and in periods of darkness and sickness and evil. This book is a helpful reminder to us of the 
precious jewel of the Christian faith that has always shined so brightly in every age. And so let us not be ashamed of our Christian faith. Let us not be ashamed of our tradition, of our history. Let us not be ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. And let us be unafraid as well to even to attempt great things for God. This was one of the... This is William Carey's motto. He says, uh, expect great things from God, attempt great things for God. This is what I'm about to say. Uh, it requires or demands more elaboration than I have uh, time for. But I, just, I, I believe that when one desires to follow the Lord and and to do all things to please him that there's this there's no fear that you can take risk and that there really isn't any risks when you follow the lord and you attempt great things for the glory of god you know and it doesn't mean that you won't fail it, it might fail and that's okay. You'll you'll learn some things, and God will use it for His glory and for your good. It will not be a wasted effort if it is done with the right heart, with an eye to please God and to bless others. But God may actually, He may bless your efforts and cause it to to bear fruit. So, attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. Next month, we'll be going into a new book. This is called Deeper by Dane Ortland. And this book, so I'll read you sort of the synopsis. In this book, Dane Ortland points believers to Christ, making the case that sanctification does not happen by doing more or becoming better, but by going deeper into the wondrous gospel truths that washed over them when they were first united to him. Drawing on wisdom from figures throughout church history, Orlin encourages readers to fix their gaze on Jesus in the battle against sin, casting themselves upon his grace, and living out their invincible identity in Christ. So I am the topic of sanctification is always an interesting topic because it is you just sometimes you just never know where somebody's gonna take it. So Dane Orlin wrote uh, Dane Orlin is a is a solid Christian, solid author. This uh, There's another popular book he's written recently that I've read, and I can't remember the title. Oh, Gentle and Lowly. Very good book. So I'm curious about this book as well. I By by that summary, I am, I'm curious to know, uh, so he says, the sanctification does not have it by doing more or becoming better, but by going deeper into wondrous gospel truth. So I'm curious to know just how far he takes it, because we are called to also to work out our salvation. There is work for us to do with uh, working with the Holy Spirit. So, yes, I believe going into deeper truths of the gospel and applying those, you know, just believing those truths it can be absolutely transformative, especially in your fight against sin. But, but swimming in the the waters of truth uh, isn't 
isn't enough. It's also necessary for you to apply those truths. What does it look like to apply those truths? So I am curious to read this book and I am uh, looking forward to diving deeper into the truths of the gospel of Jesus Christ through this book. So hope you look forward to it as well. And I will see you then.